You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. In the final part of the show, we get a view from mainland China from Benjamin Cavender, Managing Director at China Market Research Group. Good morning, Ben. Good morning, Ben. Good morning. How are you doing? Uh, first of all, let me wish you a Kung Hei Fat Choi and a happy, hope you have a great year of the dragon ahead. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, Let's start with something positive. I mean, China and positivity. Let's do it. Um, we've seen a surge in travel and consumer spending over the Chinese New Year. It's a level's not seen since, te- well, since, I mean, pre-pandemic. I mean, it's above pre-pandemic levels. So can we look at this as a sign of a potential turnaround in the economy? You know, I, I think it's definitely uh, a positive sign. I think it's really good that people were really <clears throat> making the attempt to get out and travel for this uh, CNY that we just had, both domestically, where we saw trips increasing quite dramatically compared to last year, uh, as well as internationally. And I think that a lot of the visa-free rules for Southeast Asian countries really helped kind of promote that. Um, so I think that the travel story is definitely a bright spot. It shows that consumers are still willing to spend at the right time for the right thing. Um, but having said that, if you look a little bit deeper at the numbers, um, the, the per head spend was still down quite a bit compared to pre-pandemic amounts. Um, so I think consumers are still being quite cautious. So they want to get out and do things. They are spending, but they're spending a little bit less. They're being very careful. Um, I think the other consideration is that this CMI period was also a little bit longer than uh, it, it typically is. So there was an extra day. So that inflates the numbers a little bit. But having said all that, I think it's a good thing. I think the big question is going to be, do we see this spending continue coming out of CNY. And I think that's the big question mark right now because consumer confidence still really is quite low. And um, we've said, I mean, you talk about consumer confidence being low. I mean, interest rates have now been kept at a level. I think some people are hoping maybe they could cut them again, um, but they, they've kept steady. Um, and we also saw FDI, sorry, going back into negativity, we saw FDI slump uh, in 2023. So, I mean, all of that's going to have some effect, won't it? Yeah, it, it certainly is going to have an effect. I think, you know, if you're looking at the FDI picture, it's a combination of a couple of things. I think, number one, um, a lot of international businesses that have earnings here onshore in China are repatriating some of those earnings versus reinvesting them here just because they're really quite cautious about the consumer picture at the present moment. Um, and I think also a lot of companies and investors that, that previously would have looked at China as sort of a, a hot market or a key market to be putting money into are really looking at other options right now as they consider the, the overall business environment here. I think the this overall sentiment is maybe the government hasn't done enough yet to really support a rebound to economic growth uh, or to be extremely welcoming to foreign businesses. Um, so I think if that picture changes, investors will come back. I think if you look at the market right now, you do see some investors sort of nibbling and saying, well, maybe now's the time to get back into the market, but there's still just a lot of caution. Well, we're starting the new year, or the Chinese new year, um, now. People are expecting a bit of a jump in the markets today, and they had a little bit of a rally pre-Chinese new year as well. So is this a good a sign of good things to come as the year progresses? Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm cautiously hopeful. I think that this year is going to be a year of, if we, if we get things to be stable, if we start seeing consumers starting to come back a little bit, we start seeing the job market, especially for younger workers, 
firm up a little bit, that's probably the best that we can hope for. Um, I don't think that we're going to be looking at any kind of blazing GDP growth numbers. And I think, frankly, the government's going to have to work quite hard to hit 4%, 5% growth this year, just because the numbers we saw last year were off a really low base, and we're not going to have that that benefit this time around. Um, so I think it's it's still a little bit of a muddled picture, but I do think that broadly speaking, we're heading in the right direction. It's just that we you know we still have issues with the property market, with employment that they're going to take time to to solidify and fix. And do you expect the government to start looking at those uh, the property market? I mean, start, not start, but continue to look at the property market and the employment level and see what they can do to try and lift it. And if say, so, what are they going to do? I mean, they tried so many measures already. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that there's going to be an effort probably to, you know, get funding to smaller private businesses to, to have them be able to take risks and, and ramp up and invest. I think there probably will be additional help with restructuring and underlying support for the property market to kind of get things back on an even keel. But I, frankly speaking, I don't think the government is going to, to, to put large stimulus measures in place with fiscal or monetary policy. I think the feeling right now is they don't really have – that much room to maneuver, given the, the global economic situation and the, the delta in interest rates in China versus the rest of the world. Um, so I think that's one issue. I think the other issue is just the effectiveness of any policy they put in place. You know, infrastructure investment doesn't really give the bump that it used to. And so I think last year and this year, I think the government has sort of been taking the opportunity to say, well, listen, we're going to sacrifice growth and look towards sort of long-term stability for the economy, even if it means slower growth numbers. I think that's frankly probably where we are this year. Okay. Um, so general outlook, cautiously optimistic. Um, but what about, what about from the uh, foreign investor perspective, what will drive them to come back? Is there anything that China can do to start getting them back? I, you know, I think that China really needs to go on a little bit of a PR campaign. And I, I think for consumer brands, it's saying, listen, you know, we still do value having foreign consumer brands in the market. Um, it's an equal playing field. We're not really trying to only prioritize homegrown brands. Um, you know, we'll, we'll make sure that we give you the extra support or tax breaks or whatever it is to, to feel comfortable continuing to invest and open up new markets in China. And I think the the bigger foreign brands are going to continue to want to do that. They see the value in the market. It's really getting the, the mid-sized players to, to be willing to take the risk versus going to Indonesia or the Philippines or the Middle East or somewhere else. And I think that's where China's really going to have to press a bit. And do you think the fact that the Chinese are now increasing their international travel again after COVID, um, that's going to add and maybe benefit China? Or is that a detraction from China? Because, I mean, the locals will now start going back to Paris and buying their bag, Hermes bags from there and all that, you know, LV. Or is it a case that, you know, they can do some PR bidding for China and get some people back into China? Uh, frankly, I think it's a good thing. I, I think getting Chinese travelers out reminds the world that China exists. It reminds brands that as much as they can sell via, you know, a travel retail environment or the Gallery Lafayette in Paris – that there's some big opportunity to sell here on the mainland as well. Uh, so I, I definitely see it as a good thing. I don't think it's going to hinder onshore spending very much. And I, the people that are traveling internationally are still just a tiny percentage of the overall consumer population anyway. Um, so I think that Chinese going overseas really are a great PR campaign for China right now. Okay. Um, got about a minute and a minute and a half left. Is there any sectors in particular that uh, the investors should start looking at in China for this year or what your favorite plays are for this year ahead? I mean, I, I, if, if I were looking at consumer plays, I would really be looking um, 
in a couple of places. Number one, I, I do think that there is a very strong trade down, but trade down for quality story right now. And that is benefiting um, domestic Chinese brands that have invested really heavily in providing good value for money while at the same time building up their brand capabilities a little bit. So examples of that would be uh, fitness lifestyle brands like, say, Maya Active or Xtep um, that, you know, previously were seen as sort of just being cheap, but now are, are seen as being good value, but also having um, good design as well. So I think Chinese players like that. I think comfort brands as well, so companies that are in the um, into noodle space, any Chinese snack food brands. I think the other big category to be looking at right now would be um, Chinese uh, quick service restaurants and fast food as well. Um, there are a lot of domestic chains that I think took the opportunity during COVID to sort of develop strategic plans for longer term growth and expansion in China outside of their home provinces. And so I think that's where I think a lot of the, the major growth stories are going to come this year. Okay. Um, well, that was great. Uh, that's all we have time for for now. So I'd like to thank you for coming on. Um, that was Benjamin Cavender, Managing Director at China Market.